0: At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and this week I have a big correction from last week. A meaty middle about further versus farther a tidbit about the idiom straight from the horse's mouth, and some featured listeners. And now the correction that everyone in New York will be happy to hear. Last week, I said that the abbreviation SOHO stood for South of Houston Street, but even though the street name is spelled like the city in Texas, it's actually pronounced Houston— I've been a West Coast girl my whole life, but I got the impression that New Yorkers hate people calling it Houston Street as much as San Franciscans hate it when people call their city Frisco, or people in Nevada hate it when someone calls our state Nevada, which is a lot. So, sorry, New Yorkers. But then I started wondering why it's pronounced differently, and it turns out the street and the city are named after two different people who pronounced their names differently. The city in Texas is named after Sam Houston, and the street in New York is named after William Houston. William Houston was a well-known lawyer and politician from Georgia in the late 1700s and was a delegate to the U.S. Constitutional Convention. A street in New York is named after him because he married a woman from a prominent New York family, and the street was originally on that family's estate. William spelled his last name H-O-U-S-T-O-U-N, which was how the street name was originally spelled too, but at some point along the way, the name lost its U and became identical in spelling to the city name in Texas, but it's pronounced Houston. Sam Houston lived a bit later and is famous for his military role in an 1836 battle that forced Mexico to grant Texas its independence, which led the way to Texas becoming part of the United States in 1845. A lot of listeners had interesting things to say on Twitter about pronunciation. Eric wrote, Amazingly, the New York way is how Google's driving directions pronounce it, too. And this is in Texas. That's blasphemy down here. (laughs) Yeah, I bet it is. And a bunch of people noted other place names that aren't pronounced the way you'd think they're pronounced. Here are just a few. Jennifer says Cooch Street in Portland is spelled like the furniture, but locals pronounce it Cooch instead of Couch. John told me about a town in Vermont that's spelled like the French city Calais, but is pronounced Callis, and an Illinois town that's spelled like the Egyptian capital city Cairo, but is pronounced Cairo. And Shecky X told me there are towns in North Carolina and South Carolina are spelled the same, but the North Carolina town is pronounced Beaufort and the South Carolina town is pronounced Beaufort, even though they're named after the same person who apparently pronounced his name Beaufort, so not like either of the cities. And those are just a few of the place names that will mess you up with their misleading spelling. So again, I'm sorry, New Yorkers. I will now never forget the pronunciation of Houston Street let's not discuss it further. And I say that because this week's meaty middle topic is further versus farther. Almost every week, someone asks me to explain the difference between further and farther. When I was on The Oprah Winfrey Show many years ago, a production assistant grabbed me backstage while my head was still spinning and begged me to give her a way to remember which word to use. So today, I'll try to help you with this continuing conundrum the quick and dirty tip is to use farther for physical distance and further for metaphorical or figurative distance. It's easy to remember because farther has the word far in it, and far obviously relates to physical distance. For example, imagine Squiggly and Aardvark are flying to a galaxy far, far away, but Squiggly gets bored and starts mercilessly bugging Aardvark "How much farther?" he keeps asking in despair. "Did you hear that? Squiggly used farther because he was talking about physical distance. If Ardvark gets frustrated with Squiggly, which he surely will, he could respond, "If you complain further, I'm going to shoot you out the airlock." Ardvark used further because he isn't talking about physical distance. He's talking about a figurative distance. the extent of Squiggly's complaining. Sometimes the quick and dirty tip doesn't work because it's hard to decide whether you're talking about physical distance. For example, a listener named Lisa asked about the sentence, I'm further along in my book than you are in yours. You could think of it as a physical distance through the pages and use farther, or as figurative distance through the story and use further. And what if you stop someone in the middle of a sentence to interject something? Do you say, before we go any further, or before we go any farther. The good news is that in ambiguous cases, it doesn't matter which word you choose. Although careful writers will try to stick with the distinction between further and farther, the Oxford English Dictionary, Fowler's Modern English Usage, and a number of other sources say that, in most cases, it's fine to use further and farther interchangeably, especially when the distinction isn't clear. People have been using them interchangeably for hundreds of years, and a few experts don't even follow the distinction. It's also a little bit different in British English. Gardner's Modern English Usage notes that the British use further or farther for physical distance. It's important, though, to remember that farther has a tie to physical distance and can't be used to mean moreover or in addition. Then you need further. For example, we're nearly out of fuel. Further, there's an asteroid belt ahead." I usually write furthermore when I mean an addition like this. Furthermore, I hope you locked the door when we left. So the quick and dirty tip is that farther relates to physical distance, and further relates to figurative distance. If you can't decide which one to use, you're safer using further because farther has some restrictions. If you tend to get confused, try using furthermore instead of further. Finally, if you're interested in the history of usage, further is the older word, and according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary of English Usage, it was 1906 when the first usage guide called on writers to make a distinction between further and farther. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) that's definitely not a problem Uh, Reese. you did it you stumped this charming devil you like to watch new stuff right well go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time Only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life? Well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages. And you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally first with words, then the phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's True Accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off is it rosettastone.com slash grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. And now, on to an odd English idiom. Have you ever wanted to hear something straight from the horse's mouth? If so, you've wanted the honest truth from the original source. Maybe you heard that your best friend was fighting with her boyfriend. Could be true. But you're not satisfied with a rumor. You want to hear the story directly from her, straight from the horse's mouth. But how is your friend a horse, and why are we looking in her mouth? Well, it's because one of the most ancient ways of knowing a horse's age is by looking at its teeth— You see, horses' teeth emerge and then deteriorate in a very predictable pattern. When horses are born, their teeth are buried in their gums. Within eight days, their baby teeth, also called milk teeth, start to come in. By age one, all 24 of the milk teeth are in place. Over the next five years, those milk teeth are shed and replaced with permanent teeth— Then, the edges of those teeth are slowly worn away as the horse grinds grass day after day. And by age eight, the teeth are so worn down that a dental star appears, the dark core of the tooth finally exposed to the light of day. At age ten, a brownish groove appears in the horse's upper corner incisors. The groove extends farther and farther down the tooth until the horse hits twenty. Farther, that's a physical distance. Then it begins to slowly disappear and is gone by age 30. And all these changes are highly predictable. So by looking at a horse's teeth, you can make a reasonable guess at its age. In contrast, looking at your friend's teeth won't tell you jack squat about her boyfriend, but at least she'll know that you're coming to her for the truth. And that's your tidbit for today. If news comes straight from the horse's mouth, it comes from the person directly concerned—the most reliable source. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as dragonflyedit. And now we have some listeners who shared where they listen. Jamie listens on her way to work in Baltimore and poor F the Pink Hats listened while stuck in a two-hour traffic jam on the way home from work in Boston. Alan listened while driving through Banff National Park, which I've always heard is beautiful, but Alan's picture was stunning. R.E. Murphy listens walking along the lakefront of Chicago, one of my favorite cities. I love Chicago. S listens at work on what looks like a horse ranch in the San Diego Mountains, and finally Raphael listened this week on the Miwok Trail in Northern California, and I'm terrified I pronounced that wrong, so apologies in advance if I did. If you want to tell me where you listen, please use the hashtag WHEREILISTEN so I see it. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook as Grammar Girl and on Instagram and YouTube as The Grammar Girl. And I just started making some very, very simple sentence diagramming videos on YouTube, so that's a new reason to check out my channel there. And of course, you can find all my articles and old podcasts at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all. I think I'm coming down with a little bit of a cold right now. My voice sounds weird to me, so thank you very much for listening. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available Intelligent Four-Wheel Drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent Four-Wheel Drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it.